Yo, what's good, guys? How's everyone doing? How's your day been? You know, you are now listening to me. Um, you don't gotta listen to me. <laughs> it's story time, guys. So, um, I've been kind of doing like a spring cleaning of all of like of my portfolio and um all of the works that I've done in the past like I guess eight years I'm like let's say let's say for the past three why did I say eight Jesus for the past three years going back really like you really realize some shit and the thing that I constantly kept thinking while looking at my old works is what the fuck was I thinking? And I mean that in the mess in the in the most like I guess encouraging ways possible. Hopefully you guys understand as I continue. But um Yeah, look at my work and I'm just like I was just so, I did some really good work and somehow I got sidetracked, distracted, discouraged, like, and that seemed to be like a pattern for me up until recently where I start to feel Especially like the feeling of discouragement, especially like shit like that, you know? Okay, so, um, I came out here in 2010, but came back out. I was born and raised in Queens, moved when I was 15, came back when I was 20, that's 2010. So, um, I came back with aspirations of being a wardrobe stylist. Style has always been a thing that ran in my family. Moms and pops, super stylish. Brothers, super stylish. Um, and myself, when I like tried, right? So, even, even when I didn't try, still, whatever. So, and I'm saying these things, I feel like I like when people talk their shit. You feel me? And I've always been the kind of person who was always like extra modest always played myself down and i feel like that um that contributed to me feeling discouraged because i never really wanted to hype like really see myself for what i was you feel me so now i'm done with all that shit in the most humble modest ways possible though you feel me like i but you if if you know that whatever you do you are popping at what you do or you like whatever it is that you know you do well big yourself up bro do it nobody's gonna think you cocky whatever and if they do they just it's because they don't think they popping you feel me like so don't even mind them but yeah as i continue um word came here aspirations to be a wardrobe stylist i was 20 right so i started like the 
I tried to hook up with friends that I went to high school with, junior high school. That didn't really work out. Started to become friends with um, the people that I still know today. Um, some of them that I love very much, hold very close to my heart. And, you know, just happened to find myself in like a, I don't know, what's the word? A circle. <laughs> circle of like fly niggas well fly for that time right and then continue you know to evolve over time but yeah so um and i don't know how i wasn't looking for these people but i guess that's what my energy was giving out right so god kind of like did his thing brought niggas together awesome so i'm doing shoots um get a job at, at fair 21 i feel like this is during the time when fair 21 was like before I got real mainstream, um, and you know, first working at Forever 21 was still like, was like a, th- uh, was it a thing? I really don't know. Anyway, I was working there, um, and uh, I immediately got like doing visuals assistance, and then became a visual merchandiser. So I'm like doing that or whatever. I always wanted to be a visual merchandiser because I didn't even know what that shit was, but the store I first started working at was the one in Times Square, and I would see the visuals uh, walk through, like anytime I opened, I think I was only like working as an official, official sales associate for like a month, and then from the following month until I quit Fair 21, I was working with visuals, right, so... Um, I would see those niggas walk through and niggas was the flyest niggas in the store. You feel me? And I was like, oh, I want to be with those niggas, you know? So, so that was like where my head was at and niggas respected my flies. So I think that's kind of how all that shit kind of started, whatever. So, um... Yeah, so I'm doing shoots, and then I'm already working on visuals, so my confidence is building as, as I'm pursuing this dream of being a wardrobe stylist or whatever. Um, meeting photographers, everybody's just super ambitious, you know, like, it's beautiful, it was a really beautiful time, met some really awesome people, really talented people, um, and... I'm doing shoots. A lot of the shit that I'm doing, almost all of them actually, was through um, me buying clothes or using clothes out of my closet to style or whatever. I had a lot of clothes at the time, so that didn't bother me. But over time, as I continued to do shoots and meeting people that would like get me to do like um, like hit me to do certain shoots or whatever, celebrities or whatever, um, or not like yeah like get me like get me like small celebrity gigs i didn't do a lot but where like it added to my ambition it added to my confidence but i didn't like how i didn't realize that how um i guess non-profitable working in fashion was like when you're pursuing a dream in fashion i grew up in a very um you know i guess middle class middle class household or whatever i never i never really had to ask for much i always had bread whatever whatever now that i wasn't living with my with my parents and had to work for my money you know like that's a lot for a nigga that has to work (laughs) you feel me so 
I'm like, um, and then I'm seeing that people who are like, I guess, in the fashion world that are styling, they have access to showrooms and all this other shit. So basically, long story short, right? I was being, I had a, like a real bratish mentality. I was like, why the fuck do I have to keep doing these show, these shoots? What, what else do I have to prove? Niggas like my shit, whatever, whatever. I just did not want to put the work that I needed to put in to get to where I really wanted to be. And I don't know why. When I look back, because I, I, I did really good work. I still love, I still love to style. I still love, like, really good pieces, you know? still love doing that i wish i had i wish i had that drive i wish i wasn't such a fucking brat (laughs) you know but everything happens for a reason right so um and it was not only that like there are a couple other things i worked with a stylist um i worked with a stylist went to told that it was going to be a paid gig so i was i was um hype about that and uh worked and she was um, working with Lauren Hill, so I, I was like, I guess, assisting her um, as she was styling Lauren Hill for a show she was doing in Boston. Like, picked up the clothes, um, met them in Jersey to, to where Lauren Hill lives, drove from Jersey to Boston was in the hotel with them or whatever it was a cute experience was backstage while she performed her set she was late not gonna hold you she was but whatever it's fucking lauren hill and then you know like the whole experience i dressed the band like that was like my thing like i had to dress the band so that experience for me was like highlight of at the time i think i was 21 i was 21 22 might have been 22 anyway um, highlight of me pursuing wardrobe styling, right? On the way back is where I was like, oh, this shit is trash. Like, I think there was like, this is the second situation. And my shit is all over the place, my bad. But that was the second situation that happened that had me like, oh, fuck this shit. But basically, on the way back, she was like, here, here's your pay. And uh, that pay was $20. Even thinking about it now, I haven't thought about that shit in a while. <laughs> Even thinking about it now, I'm just like, disrespectful. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that happened, right? And I was too, I don't, wouldn't say I was too pussy. I didn't know what to expect, you feel me? And I didn't know how, like, the patient, where I didn't have no point of reference. I didn't know. So if I had more knowledge about what I should have been paid or anything like that, or even asked questions prior to going, um, then uh, maybe it would have been different. But all in all, I'm not going to hold you. I don't regret that experience because that was a fire experience. $20 or not, right? I would have done it if the shit was, if she would have told me what, who the artist was. Cause she didn't tell me who the artist was um prior to like doing all the shit so if she would have told me i would have did the shit for free right but whatever for a nigga that works you telling me that you're gonna pay me 
I, you know, anybody that's listening, I feel like you would expect more than $20, right? Just out of, like, you being a human being with, like, that's not even, like, transportation. That's not even, like, a weekly Metro card. You feel me? Like, that's the shit that I I was thinking. I was like, this is nonsense. I could have went to work. But I'm happy I didn't because, again, experience of a lifetime. So, let me tell y'all one part that really, that the reason why I'm really not mad at that whole situation is because I had to carry the big ass bag for the, um, for the band's clothes. I had to carry that big ass duffel to the venue from the hotel. And, um, we were at the Ritz and... They called a car for me. So I'm standing outside. I don't know what the fuck this car looks like. There's a whole bunch of white people. You know, Boston's supposed to be a very racist town, too, right? So anyway, all these white people standing in front waiting for their cars. I, too, only black girl that I can see in the vicinity waiting for my car. Then a black Benz pulls up and a white, older white man, like gray-haired white man, comes out of the driver's seat and he's looking for me. (laughs) <laughs> he's looking for me um finds me takes my bag puts it in the trunk opens my door and i was just like the first time i ever experienced like anything like that to like especially in today's climate the racial climate and i was just like oh wow <laughs> and it may not be much to other people right but that shit was like oh i felt like an important bitch for that like five minute ride because the venue was literally right around the corner from the hotel but i wasn't carrying that big ass but that bag was very heavy so i'm grateful that they called me a car but yeah look at me little african girl getting chauffeured by this white man in his black bench while these white people are standing out there waiting for their ride can you imagine you know so that was like i don't know it resonated with me i don't know about y'all niggas but it meant a lot to me right so word so that was the second thing the first thing actually that um made me feel like okay fuck fuck fashion <laughs> really was um i got an internship at uh, Zach Posen the year prior just 2011 I wanted to do fashion weeks um, September fashion week so bad so I got an internship um, with Zach Posen I was very hyped about that internship I was doing PR excuse me the only other black girl that worked at Zach Posen she was actually the receptionist there never forget her, her name is Jay White gorgeous girl um super stylish the bitch could dress her ass off and um i don't know if she had any pull in me being chosen to be an intern but i remember going to the interview seeing her and then um i want to say probably i don't know how long after i can't remember but i get called back saying that um i got the internship hype right so um not gonna hold you i've been like well i was working at the time and going to school so my schedule was like fucking crazy but um i made sure i was there every time i had to be there i could never stay late because i either 
had to do an overnight at my job or um, I had to be home for whatever reason. can't remember. Uh, and everybody else that was interning there didn't have a job. All these motherf- other motherfuckers, they come from families with money, right? So I don't understand that life. <laughs> I didn't get it. I, I did not understand it. But I, over time, I got it, right? They're like, fashion is really for niggas with bread. Or, like, that's how it was perceived. Anyway, um, I and uh, this other brown girl, she's Indian, we were the only two, like, people of color working in PR, working in the office, really, aside from the receptionist, Jay. So, long story short, niggas get to, uh, niggas get to to fashion the day Zach Posen's show was happening. We're all dressed all black. Um, the head of PR tells myself and the other Indian girl to help design pack the dresses, right? I'm hyped because I want to see these fucking clothes. So we're in there, see the dresses, gorgeous dresses. And, um... It was like, so design is on one side of the office and uh, PR is on the other side. And what, what, uh, I guess the separation between the two was like a door. The door was closed. And for some reason, I guess somebody had walked, somebody was leaving the room and the door was open. And when they opened the door, I see the head of PR and the rest of the PR bitches walking out of the office. They told us they were going to call us when they leave. These motherfuckers snuck out of the office to go to the show and left me and the other brown girl back at the office. That's the first time I ever felt discriminated against for my race. I never experienced anything like that before until that day. And that's the day I was like, oh, what? I was so, I was like, it's not that big of a deal now, right? Definitely could have, would have handled it like now that I'm older. And I mean, that experience had to happen, but I was just like, what? This happens? I didn't know this happened. This is fucking crazy. I called my dad up. I was tight. And um, I never went back. Um, stopped doing New York shows. I think he was only doing French shows. Zach Posen himself, him and his man, very awesome, cute. Always complimented me on whatever the fuck I was wearing. So I didn't understand it. But you know, Zach Posen is not the head of PR. Some ugly white nigga was the head of PR. You feel me? So, I'm not mad at Zach posing. I was really upset at that dude. But, whatever. That happened. I felt extremely discouraged after the fact, though. Not gonna hold you. I got, I had, I had, um, I had applied for two other, or two or three other internships, I think. I had an interview with Dolce & Gabbana. had an interview with Alexander McQueen. And I can't remember the third one. But I was the way where I was mentally after that experience, I was just like, I don't want to deal with these niggas, you know. I was, I like, 
I would have felt mad this guy was like this is this is crazy you know I, I, but I wasn't built I'm not gonna hold you I was not built I wish I was prepared I grew up in a, in a, in a household that didn't talk about race because my parents didn't experience that shit you know and if they did didn't talk to us about it you know they come from a country where everybody's black everybody everybody looks the same you know so it's not an issue of race it's just an issue of class there um people like to say that it's really an issue of class in america and i want to say that it's both it's an issue of race and class you feel me so my parents they, they didn't really fully understand racial issues they didn't talk to us about it and i grew up in predominantly black neighborhoods up until we moved to georgia and even then like i kind of stayed with all the black people so i didn't experience you know shit like that so word and so i was I'm not heartbroken but i was i was there hurt because i'm like damn i really love the world of fashion and they do me like this that's fucked up and so the second thing that had me like oh these niggas is playing was the um shorty giving me 20 dollars after the lauren hill show and um the third thing which is the most like bullshit of all three is the fact that like all of a sudden i feel like i started seeing mad stylists pop up right at the time again brat mentality you gotta know when you're being a brat brat mentality i uh didn't think that i was i didn't think that like i I knew I wasn't the only one, but trying to be a stylist, but at the same time, you know, in my mind, I just started to build competition with these people that also have a passion for fashion, you know, whatever their fa- their passion is for styling, they have it the same way I do, but I saw that as competition. I didn't see that as love. I didn't see that as that's awesome, you know? And I think, um, I think just being in New York kind of does that shit to you where niggas instead of instead of like wanting to big other niggas up you feel like they coming for you or whatever you do you feel me and again i wasn't built i'm being straight up with you guys i was not built and i just was like i'm done with this fashion shit my friends would try to have me style their shoots and all that but I, my the enthusiasm wasn't there i wasn't feeling it anymore so fast forward to um 2014 and 2014 i'm planning to do ordinary chin and i just at this time my relationship with god is i mean it hasn't really this is when i really became like serious with my relationship with god and getting to know him more than what my parents i feel like my parents gave me a limited version of jesus limited version of my relationship with jesus and what it should look like and so this is the time where i'm experiencing jesus for who he or she really is right so um i'm talking to him i'm listening to mad music uh gospel music at the time i love me some gospel r&b bt dubs that shit is fire okay Okay, guys, Fred Hammond, Trinity 5-7, fucking, um, <laughs> my bad, but seriously, 
you know, excuse my language, but seriously, like, some, uh, commissioned, bro, commissioned was a group that came out in, like, I think it was, like, either late 80s or early 90s, and Fred Hammond is in that group, that's where he came from, them niggas got some bankers, can I say that, anyway, um, yeah, Planet Ordinary Chin, I just, I feel like I wanted to start an online magazine, that was a point, I was trying to put, like, team together ended up only really just being me and my homeboy Levi taking pictures which is absolutely fine um I wanted it to look like like nothing I've ever seen before colorful cool graphics all that and I was like you know what I used to dabble in graphic design when I was in high school I've always been pretty uh, computer savvy you feel me so let me get to I was going to major in computer science because my ass is a technical bitch you feel me but I didn't want to look at binary numbers all day. I wasn't motivated to do much, but yeah, anyway, so uh, I, I took the graphics in my own hands and I found out that I was pretty good at that shit. Who knew? I didn't know, to be very honest with you. So I'm like, I, I'm having fun doing this. I'm really having fun doing this. Um, I put a lot on my plate at one time. I'm not going to hold you. I put a lot on my plate at one time. I'm gaining an audience. People are really liking my shit. Um, the people I hit up for interviews, some people are saying no, uh, but others are saying yes. And because I'm looking, I'm scouting motherfuckers who are on the come up, you feel me? Like, before they get popping. I feel like a lot of people, I'm on some real, on some very modest, humble shit. A lot of people that I interviewed on my site, I want to say shortly afterwards, I don't know, but, or just the people that I was looking at. They just have to continue to grow with their work and more and more people started to see how fire they were. And I'm just like, yo, I know that I have an eye for talent. That's cool. I have an eye for style. I have an eye for talent. I can see when other people are doing a thing and really like be like, oh, that person is dope and whatever they do. And I have an eye for graphic design. Who knew? Right. So, um, then people are hitting me up to like pay me to do stuff graphic wise it became a job it wasn't fun no more i started to feel discouraged because now i'm seeing seeing other people um do graphics and like similar to like people hitting me up like oh Trina, did you do this and it wasn't me it was whatever and i don't know i'm just like how do i come again with the concept of competition right how do i compete how do I compete with these people who are doing things similar to what I'm doing? And then the schedule that I created for myself to do um, Ordinary Chin, I was really wild. And I think I was trying to put something out every like four things out every week. It was so unrealistic for one person to do. I, I um, had a homegirl that I met through a friend of mine was like now his ex-girlfriend. Um, she's awesome. She helped me as best as she could, but ultimately I was over it and, um, I kind of wanted to chill off, off doing ordinary. I was, I did too much too fast and it burnt out pretty quickly, which is unfortunate. And also I was trying to like, I'm seeing other people do graphics and I'm trying to, I didn't think my work was good enough anymore. 
when you have like creative control, I was talking to my homeboy Levi about this. When you have creative control, when you are in control of that, right? Especially like I guess for me, um, with graphics and stuff, like everybody knows I guess now that when it comes to branding, consistency is key, especially in your image, right? You can switch it up from time to time, but not all the time. My eyes are switching shit up all the time because I had control over it and I got bored easily. So I just wanted to see like new things. I could not make my mind up as to what was going to be my consistent layout, like what defined ordinary chance. Couldn't make my mind up about it. And I think that's another thing that hurt me. And, um, yeah, I was just fucking over it, bro. And then my laptop broke. Like, I was running for the train, and I, f- I tripped and fell. <laughs> and my laptop was in my bag, and it was over for that laptop. It was fucking over. So, word, man. Like, I think also God was like, okay, Tina, you really gotta chill. I wasn't having fun no more. I was not having fun. Graphics was fun to me. I re- and I still love doing graphic design. I'm still doing... I still have clients, I'm still doing work, you know, um, on the low. I still try to put stuff out for myself, but I don't be as motivated to. Well, I wasn't as motivated to do that anymore. But looking at my past works has really, like, got me to a place where I'm like, you know what, bro? I was really out here doing some shit. And that that saying like you are your own competition is a real motherfucking thing okay i was over here competing with motherfuckers that didn't even know that i was competing with them why why was i doing that because i didn't think i was good enough why couldn't i see the value in myself why did i see value i would see value in myself see what i'm doing or think that whatever initial idea i have is cool execute and automatically start to look at everybody else did not have that tunnel vision to see what i wanted to do all the way through because i got distracted either by that or you know outside noise people telling me oh you should do this oh you should do that oh you should do this oh i think this is cool and me listening to them because i'm like oh i have gained some kind of audience i should listen to my audience but not not no disrespect but fuck you guys no disrespect though you feel me i say that in the nicest way possible because anybody anybody that i know that begins to listen whether i know you're not really if you begin to listen to the outside noise you stop you, you completely stop listening to yourself you feel me like I've been listening to Cardi B album since this shit came out. I've been loving. I love first and fucking foremost. I love Cardi B. That is a real bitch. And I know that's why everybody loves her too. But wow, bro. I, from day one, when I found about, I found out about Cardi when she was still stripping and shit. I was just like, yo, this bitch is amazing. Who is this? you know and um now she's super popping and she's still the same she talks about haters and she talks about all this other shit but she's still like she has a team around her that she listens to and that understands who she is which is very important but i will say that even when you have a support system around you because i feel like i have a pretty good support system around me as well 
when your mindset is already in that toxic place it's hard to get out of it you have to get yourself out of that toxic mindset you feel me so um word bro bacardi bro and this album my nigga she killed that shit i'm so proud of her it don't make sense and the thing that i love about her the most is that she doesn't change for anybody everybody like when be careful came out i thought be careful was a fire song and i'm seeing all these people saying oh why didn't she get somebody to sing on the hook or all sorts of shit maybe you know she shouldn't switch it up she should have kept that why is she talking about that shit she's always talking about the same shit and i'm watching her do interviews and, and or talk on her instagram and she's just like nigga i put it out because i liked it y'all over y'all holding me to some kind of expectation that i didn't i didn't ask you guys to hold me to you feel me i'm just doing what i like i'm putting out music that i like there's people that like it and there's people that don't like it and those that don't like it fuck you you know and that's real and i feel like now that i'm in a place where mentally where i too am like if you don't like it fuck you i really feel that it resonates very hard with me i feel like it took me a while to get to this place you know i'm turning 28 next month and i wish i would have figured this shit out sooner but everybody's journey is different you know and i'm not knocking my journey at all i became um very much so fuck what niggas gotta say after i had my son and because i'm gearing up to being like super mom mode and i really want to be able to provide as much as i can like my husband and i we're a team like i i cannot be the nigga that's not pulling in weight you know so yo (sighs) believe in yourself guys the moral of the story is believe in yourself it's gonna be hard to really like see your shit all the way through but please do it for you for you for you for you okay I hope you have friends around you that understand you, that don't want to persuade you to do shit that's, that makes you uncomfortable. And more than anything, just get yourself in a place mentally and spiritually where, like, you know, zen yourself out. Make, let your work on your mind and your spirit becoming one. And that's when shit, especially the things, your dreams and your aspirations will make the most sense to you, I feel. But yeah y'all believe in yourself nobody else is gonna believe in you if you don't believe in yourself first and that is straight motherfucking facts and i'm so grateful that i'm back in a place mentally and spiritually where i'm like fuck all of you and your opinions i'm going to do the things i'm doing things from my heart Everything that I'm saying to you is coming from my heart. Everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm putting out is coming from my heart. And it feels really good. I'm not going to hold you. I feel like I wasn't doing that before. Maybe initial initial executions was coming from my heart, but over time it would, it would fade because it wasn't fun. Or, I, you know, I was feeling some kind of way. But I don't have a reason to feel that kind of way no more. I have my family. I love them. I just want to do the things that make me happy. And I pray that all of you guys do the same. You know? 
some work. Uh, that's it. That's all I got to say to you guys today. I appreciate all of you for listening to me. Uh, stay blessed to all of you. You guys are awesome. I love you. I'm out. <laughs>